sure, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I think we're just kind of riffing. We're having jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now. You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is the uh, wonderfully named Bald Eagles. Uh, his latest book is Bittersweet Romance. From uh, who was the published that Drippy Bone Books? Kenan Marshall Keller, and he's got two other guys, or two other three other guys on his on his team that uh, that have this uh, this joint publishing you know network going on. Drippy Bones Books, Drippy yep. Bone Books. You Kenan Keller is, is is the guy. I think Mario Zutz is another one of the, the people, and I should know the other person. I'm sorry, uh, I apologize. I should Google it, but you know if I Google it, my computer is so slow. Then it'll screw the Skype up, and this interview is done. You know, what I, you know what I mean? We don't need to know. Exactly. And actually, you know what? The mystery is going to draw you into Drippy Bone Books. Now, you uh, had been working on this book for them for quite a while, right? Because yeah. I remember talking to Keenan, geez, I don't even remember, like two and a half years ago at least. And he said, Yeah, we got Victor doing a book. <laughs> But that's after I screwed up and it was supposed to be included into an anthology. And I apologize. It's been so late, but I hope that the wait has been worth it to the guy because I, he was going to put out a, an anthology and, and he was waiting on me to do it. And I got another guy waiting on stuff for me to do for him. And, and then I got another guy and then I got another guy. So it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to do – I'm inspired by all these propositions that I'm given or, or these opportunities to be a part of these uh, different books with really great cartoonists. But sometimes I screw up, and I just don't have enough time to even fucking do one on time. Did you know uh, Keenan before you started doing stuff on an anthology forum, or was it he just kind of contacted you out of the blue? He, I, I did a, a comic that he had seen, and he liked it, so he, he found my email and then contacted me in 2005. And, and I was just like, I was just a little geeked out by stuff by, back then. So I, I was I was suspicious of like who is this guy like contacting me out of the blue and like this is 2005 so this is like before like total connectivity with all the MySpace and the Facebook you know like this is like it was just growing then and so I just thought it was weird this guy would come out come out at me out the blue but but that's stupid of me too but anyways because uh, yeah my stuff's out there and anyway, and so he likes the stuff and he asked me to uh, if I would do a commission and then from there we just blossomed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, no, we didn't just blossom right there, but it just kind of it grew. And then I just found out like this guy's a really cool dude, and he's put on like really great art shows, uh, featuring uh, you know myself, but many other great artists. Uh, the Freak Scene show that he did with uh, Tom Neely, Josh Bear, uh, Jason Carnes. Uh, uh, God damn it, uh, I can't think of the names. Uh, all the names. Ben Mara, Jim Rugg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, ben Hurley? No, is it Ben Hurley? Somebody Hurley. And my friend, my other friend, God damn it, uh, Hector Camacho. He wears a he wears a shell, a shawl, not Hector Camacho, but another another uh, South American cartoonist. And you know what? He's got like a big mane of hair, and it kind of looks like as if I grew up like a big mane of like predator hair. <laughs> uh, but, but he's a real handsome, suave guy. He'd be like if I'm like Urkel, and then uh, when I transform into Stevan, that that's. That's this guy, and I can't think of why. Well, I'm gonna see if he's on my Facebook yet. <laughs> now, um, Shallow P, sorry, Shallow P. I'm sorry, buddy, Eduardo. You went to the art show for that in L.A. 
Uh, was that kind of uh, a chance to get reconnected with folks? And well, just like in a lot of cases, it wasn't even just like get like reconnected. It was just, just uh, connected. too connected, so I could just really experience what what that is like again. Because I, you know, have, having living elsewhere uh, in New York and, and elsewhere, like when you go to these events or you're part of them in, a, in an intimate way, or you you know you're you know like they're your friends or your contemporaries that you want to support. Uh, that's a great thing. But if like you're when you're like making artwork and you're like it's you're devoid of that in your uh, surroundings or you know or it's just maybe you're not devoid but it's just not it's not the stuff that you want to attend or you know to, you know uh, when you basically when you don't have a community that is in the, is like kind of in the same uh, wavelength or the same the same area of creation then you don't want to you know what I'm saying it gets yeah. a little <laughs> um. Did you do any, create any stuff with those guys or around those guys? Or did you guys just party hard for three days? We, we worked on a mur uh, mural, and I tried to work hard on it. I really did. But I just got all, like, a uh, little wussified myself. Uh, I just could, I couldn't handle the, uh, what the fuck, those um, spray aerosol fumes. And, like, be, and just, like, getting paranoid about getting the spray paint in my eyes. Because like there's like seven or eight of us, you know, all crisscrossing and and just I had I, I just like did a few strokes and that's it. But like it's like this weird, crazy uh, mess. It looks like it looks it's, it looks kind of schizophrenic. <laughs> was the mural not pre-planned? Was it just kind of everyone do their own shit and then hopefully it comes together? Well, or originally, uh, Keenan suggested that like we maybe draw like a we do like one of our characters on the wall. And then it became like people like doing characters, but then like people putting their characters on top of their characters or other characters. Like we're like yeah, you know, just like people like adding or art. You know, the artists were just adding on top of other persons and stuff. And it was interesting because it was all pancaking and and some of it worked, some of it didn't work so well. And then like or sometimes I thought it was looking like hey, that looks really cool. Maybe we should stop there. Boom, sh big big uh, uh, you know multi wafts of the aerosol spray. Are painting and, and mixing colors and and then basically starting it off from scratch, but also yeah, being like it was it was it was cool. It was the first time I ever worked like that intimately with people and not really be that impactful upon the, the thing. I was just like, it was more fun to actually watch it. So you've never really done much jam stuff with uh, other cartoonists before. Not enough, not enough. I did when I was young, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm actually gonna work hopefully. If uh, if Keenan's not interested, but I want to put out some of my early comics that are really early, that are really uh, they're they're like they're almost Disney Channel cartoons. They're fun. Poodles <laughs> the old-fashioned way, and it's drawn like a Simon Bisley meets like person who doesn't know how to draw at all, like a, like twelve-year-old version drawing of this uh, geeked-out version of a cartoon character I created. And he's got a, these big, gigantic, jagged blades, and his anatomy's all fucked up and wrong, and looks stupid. But he's got he's wearing, has little tassels wrapped around him that are flying in the wind, and he's holding up somebody's head with a, a giant a giant knife. You know, torture with toodles the old-fashioned way <laughs> that promotes the the art of like sucking on cracked toenails and eating you know, just all this really disgusting, weird stuff that I, I picked up. Now, 
we talked before on the uh, on the Facebook chats about Simon Bisley, and I was curious why you kind of ventured towards working in like the super indie comic circles, the art house indie stuff, and you didn't just go like full bore for trying to do like heavy metal type shit. Uh, I would say the simplest answer would be that I didn't know if I if I thought that that I, I didn't think that that work was uh, the, the stuff that I had in mind to do. I didn't really feel like compromising on stuff. I thought, well, I could maybe, you know, just do what I want to do. I think I, I like my ideas, and I like what I'm what I'm trying to do. And if I have the ideas already out there, I don't. Why should I have somebody influencing my my stuff unnecessarily? If I, you know, I like I do have stuff that I really totally will like relieve myself of like much of the creative uh, direction depending who the artist I'm working with is uh, but most of the time if I think if I have a, if I have a good, good enough idea I, and if I, if I don't hear a better idea I want to keep it the way that it is I feel like when you start on a piece and you work on a piece you just you can't really kind of stop and also you don't pre-dictate how it's going to go I have I have the idea in my head and then I do a rough I do like a very very bare bones rough like I, I I'm actually I get a little um, a little green with envy a little jealous when I see some of these other artists and their sketchbooks the stuff the unpublished stuff that's just like the the sketch or the the drawing of their before they do their you know their original which is a completely separate piece and it looks just as good if not better than what was printed and, and me like I I just I. I can only work off these really minimal roughs, and then, in order, you know, in order for me to have enough time to then do the finalized version of it, which I'm I'm trying to make that quicker and more concise, and use less lines and try to say a little bit more with less, but still can contain the same amount of ideas. Um, so bittersweet romance, uh, you've been talking. <laughs> Um, you've been working on it for a while. Um, is it what you originally intended? Yes and yes and no, because it just originally was just this ridiculous, disgusting gag. That's in a way that is like kind of a commentary on this, on the really like the the the, the constant like video nasty, disgusting like underground internet videos that I've been that most of us have been just subjected to on the internet. It's sort of like a reaction to that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're gonna that's gonna be available for people to see, and like this is like the reality of the world, and like it, it's actually even worse than this. You know, you're seeing like all these travesties and and people making humor out of all like this disgusting shit all the fucking time. So I'm kind of if. I'm trying to make it some sort of commentary on, on what's going on in the world, you know. And it's, it's. Uh, but I don't want to be, you know. I, I'm not an expert or anything, and I didn't go to school for journalism. So like, you know, people could uh, think that my judgment calls or my observations are totally suspect or like too naive or something. But I'm still taking a stab at it, you know. Why not? Fucking who yeah. cares? Or people act like people say the most ridiculous shit and become celebrities or see people. Are, are do completely are act completely immoral and wrong and are responsible for terrible things in this world and are loved for it. So yeah. like me find some stupid comic, you know, with uh, some silly ideas is like what what's a big deal? There it's not a big deal because I 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a, an advocate for, uh, for people being terrible, you know, I'm not. You're kind of responding to it. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I'm being a little bit terrible by, by even talking about it, so I don't know, I'm going to venture into just moments. Yeah, I don't know, like, the, the thing that I got out of your work is, is it's very kind of reactionary. Like you're kind of responding, like you said, to, to things you're seeing. Um, and for me, it's like, it feels like some stuff with Crumb where it's very like working out inner demons of his own kind of self-confrontations with misogyny and racism. And I'm looking at your work and I see it's kind of confronting the misogyny and racism around you. Or I guess mostly just the misogyny. Well, yeah, I mean, just, I, I, you know, every one of this, uh, these comics, I kind of tackle a little bit in the extreme of these things because I did, I was exposed to like the underground comics at a young age and just like little mini pockets, like, uh, you know, uh, this, when I was 11 years old, I think I was in fifth grade and a classmate, she brought in, I love to draw and everybody like would have me draw them like pictures of, of stuff or what they would ask me to, or I would draw picture cartoons in class and then get in trouble for drawing the cartoon, but I couldn't help it, you know? And then I would show people the cartoons in class because whatever it was the teacher was saying was boring. Uh, but what was the question again? I forgot. <laughs> um, making this work that's responding to misogyny around you or misogyny you're witnessing. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a you know it's an elevated or it's a, like an accelerated amplified observation of of like how people have I've I've seen you know how you watch it either in real life with people that you know or on television or you know or you find out it have, are like in big deal just domestic dispute cases on Nancy Grace or or something yeah like oh, this shit's this shit's around and. You know, yet it's if you can just like totally acknowledge like what it is and like and what you're what you are capable of, what you have been capable of, or what you've like accepted or tolerated from people that you've known. Because I'm sure everyone knows one guy or one or, or a female that like has been totally terrible in like in a relationship, but you judge them entirely and like dismiss them as a person because of it. Uh, so I don't know. It's just a, it's just an example of like really like how ugly a a, per, a person can get, or I mean, but not even not even nearly as ugly as a person can get, but just you know, just a version of that.
how much is this reflection of moving from being in New York in Brooklyn to somewhere less Brooklyn in New York? I would even say that it doesn't. Well, I guess. Um, how's it? How's it changed my my the comic? What? The, my my reflection of it because I moved from from Brooklyn to. How that, does that af affect the work that you made? Like of what you're witnessing and what you're around. Oh, I, it's, it's like a it's a reculture shock sort of you know it's yeah. just it's different. Uh, you know, just in, in some ways like. I can understand that, like there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to quite say I had like a hillbilly ways, but I probably did a little bit. Yeah, sure. And I just like I, but uh, in some ways, like it, you know, it, it's just different. Like, it's just like different. Different things are going on. Different. You got you know your, you know, like in New York, most of my friends were people that were involved in in making stuff and and doing like their own you know standout work. And you know, being people that, that I could really admire, it, you know, with the you know, uh, but within my field, you know, mm -hmm. and then but I come back to the most of my friends are involved with uh, creative process stuff with music. So like I, I'm more like I have more music uh, family, you know, or you know, you know, a, a friend circle here than I than in New York. But then again, in New York, I also had some musician and cartoonist friends. So I mean, it's just but I think there's there's just more there's more uh, powerful creative people there you know because it's a bigger place so it's, it's a bigger place so there's gonna be there's gonna be a little bit more but it almost sounds like a dig or something but no if you live in a smaller place there's gonna be a smaller percentage of you know that type yeah now one of the things um, that you did recently was the uh, rub the blood cover um, very visceral image I guess visceral describes everything you do <laughs> um, you grew up with a lot of that extreme stuff you're reading, the Liefeld and the Shadowhawks and whatnot. Yeah, because that's uh, actually I thought Shadowhawk was for whatever reason like too corny for me when I didn't like I actually didn't like Jim Valentino's art then. I actually like looking at it now. I I think it's just like he's getting he's because I'm I'm appreciating like just like I used to be too caught up in. The, either the the artifice or the like the suit like the super style, mm -hmm. but now like I'm I'm understanding like the the attention or the um, the directness and the, like, the simplification of things and like how you know learning how to pare it down instead of like adding too much fucking shading and and lighting you know like to over emphasize stuff like I can and, like Mobius was sort of perfect and that's like it's that's why you know his death is so tragic he really but at the same time it's not because he's left behind so much great work but he was able to pare down like all the super complicated stuff and give you vast horizons into into the infinite you know possibilities and uh but it's he could put a lot out there because you know he kind of left he, he did it he drew it in such a way that even if it was in black and white you did it colored itself in you know mm -hmm. without even using cross hatching or anything like that it was just the way it, the positioning and yeah it's like perfect contour line drawing of, of shit. Perfect and quick. Like watch video footage of him on YouTube. You can uh, easily Google it, and you can see the, the video of him just, just doing a, a panel. Boom, boom, boom. Not being precious about it, but being precise. It's super professional. So that's that's, that's something I. Yeah, you, know, you can also see some really great videos of, 
Jim uh, Skanowicz. I, I can't, I, I can never pronounce his name, but the famous uh, artist who did Daredevil and uh, Elektra. But watching Sinkevich. Sinkevich, okay. But uh, just like his proficiency, but also like the style in, incorporated with the very, you know, it's just, yeah. I'm learning to appreciate that stuff more and just kind of opening my mind to different uh, ways of cartooning. I could see a lot of uh, kind of similarities between you and Sienkiewicz, like um, talking to him last year at a comic convention and how he just kind of goes into the zone and draws and he's just surrounded by all this stuff and just brings it in and just kind of goes with it. And I feel like sometimes when you're doing your pages, it's probably the same where you just get into the zone. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is like that. Well, it's like, oh, I, I, I tried to, I, at one point I, I lived in this uh, this little tiny, I rented this room out for like $250 a month. And it was just a small room. We had a communal a toilet on the floor, on each floor. And uh, for whatever reason, like this, this this nineteen year old kid that lived in the hallway across from me, he uh, he brought in this uh, this this guy, who he, this my friend of mine tried to to stress to me that he was gay or something like that. So I don't know, maybe he was trying to like uh, set me up. <laughs> but uh, he came into my apartment and he and he looked at and he looked at my my ceiling or my wall. I had this arrangement of these three deer skulls that were like wrapped up in twine and like fishing line <clears throat> and I had little baby dolls in there and, and uh, action fit 12 inch action figures <clears throat> and assorted knickknacks and stuff. I just kind of thought it looked pretty. And, but he, he was convinced that I had like a little Santa Maria, a Santeria was it whatever the fuck you call that? Uh, some voodoo shit going on in my apartment. <laughs> but, but that stuff, like, really, I think in a way, like, uh, darkly influenced uh, some of some of the stuff that I was working on at that time. Like, that was, like, 2003. And so a lot of my stuff, I had, you know, had some, some ugly stuff in there. But, you know, I was just, like, surrounded by ugly stuff. And, and it makes you think ugly. Yeah. Do you, awesome. you did a lot. A lot of your work was more black and white at that point, right? Yeah, because that was also like you know stressed, or that that was the uh, you know contingency on, on you uh, you know giving you giving your artwork to somebody mm-hmm. to print, you know, and then you get a few copies, I guess, like four copies. You'd expect like or maybe one or two copies, and so like you're do- totally doing it pro bono. Whereas now I think like I think we're all gonna tr- we're trying to figure out to help each other out and these smaller little like operations where you know like you know I'll pre- I'll press this amount and then you get this percentage of stuff. And then you can, like, you know, sell on your Etsy shop or, you know, sell your website, et cetera. You know, people are like, I, you know, I like to, I like to think if this economy tanks, it'll be like a lot of shit like that going on. More garage sales and more like even tighter knit fucking, uh, yeah, needs and services by, you know, peer, peer to peer. It's interesting because now folks are more concerned of actually having proper workout because like, what Keenan's doing with like people doing their own like publishing other people's books like Derek Ballard's or what Austin's doing with Domino Books um, it's nice to see that it's stepping away from these like anthologies and themed works and just allowing people's works to speak for themselves and being in color and being yeah. printed in color yeah versus you know like there's all this you know 
I recently I, I, I was able to purchase uh, for four dollars a copy all these different copies of Weirdo, or at least three or four copies of the old Weirdo, mm-hmm. and they're all super beautiful. Like the the cover is beautiful. I think it must be like maybe fourth or fifth or sixth uh, reprint. There's no way they can be the originals for four bucks each, but. Uh, yeah, it was all black. It was all like black and white and zipatone, and, and but that's like I love all that stuff. But like, there's something really liberating about about doing the color, really, and like having that and, and seeing artists do stuff in color. I always get uh, I love seeing original artwork that has zipatone in it because it looks way different than the printed stuff. Yep. Especially the older. I was looking at these these underground works, and this guy has like 20 different zipatones, and it's like these amazing dynamics coming out but it's just like using the printed work and it kind of bleaches it out and it just looks very plain i don't know that was kind of a digression <laughs> no no i i am following you as you're saying it like i've, I've seen an old uh, will eisner i think it was will eisner the spirit uh drawings and there and you then you you see the originals and there's all this white out mm-hmm. i'm like oh it, the original doesn't look perfect you know, but it's just, and I, I, I'm starting to finally kind of get that, and I want to like try to incorporate that that knowledge of how things are reproduced, how they look when they're reproduced, so I can plan ahead when I'm drawing, you know, and be more realistic because not that many people are actually going to be able to see the original drawing up close, you know, unless they want to buy it, you know, and I don't necessarily want to f- force people to buy my originals either, you know. That's not. I don't know if you're forcing anyone to buy your originals. You're not going up to them with a gun telling them to buy a page. <laughs> I'm worried about people going up to other people with guns. That's a terrible thought. I hate I hate thinking about that. I really do. That's why I draw it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. Um in in this book in the bittersweet romance um how reflective of the original pages is it? Because it's interesting, you'll do the things where you'll have the page, and then you'll have um, it kind of surrounded by all your like marker testings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, actually, a lot of them are close. It's just... It's just... Um, what it is... And I'll tell you after I take one drink of a Fat Tire beer. Fat Tire's your brand? <laughs> Uh, tonight, tonight I thought I was. I, I just seen because I haven't had it in a while. But that's a. It's got a nice drawing of a bicycle on it, and it looks it looks kind of cool. It's got enough uh, alcohol in there. Um, uh, it's just like it's just what the fuck you call that. Uh, it's just it's just it's just overdoing it, you know. And I and I'm trying to not overdo it as much, or if I do overdo it, just learn how to fucking do it more proficiently, and you know, just do more. Because also, I mean, uh, it could just be construed as just like you know too much over flourishing. But like, I'm sending like messages within those over flourishings. There's and many times you can see that I have implanted images in there, or they you know they, they even just naturally start to form. And mm-hmm. if they form, then I start incorporating those images and finalizing those images within the greater image of the character. So you know, I can have a character in a in this ridiculous uh, you know. Uh, Anatomically incorrect, uh, you know, positioning and et cetera, with the wrong musculature, et cetera. But then, if you you can look into it, you know, there, there's messages within the character, you know, like a. You know what I'm saying, man. I put. 
I'm throwing faces in there. Yeah. Over, yeah, I say, you know. I put extra faces in it, in the muscles. <laughs> Do you ever feel uncomfortable with your work, with what you've drawn? Uh, only when I'm less than what I want to be. If, you know, if I'm feeling like, you know, the, you got your strong days, you got your medium strong days, and you got your, your days where, like, you start doubting shit, but ultimately, no, I don't. I mean, I, I think that it's a, it's good. Of, of all the stuff that's out there, I am not doing anything wrong. Really not. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not saying you're doing something wrong, but, I mean, it is very violent um, imagery, and so it's like bringing this stuff together, and it's kind of like, okay... Where does this come from? Well, I, you know, I'm also saying, like, the, I'm, I'm pointing out the absurdity of it. Like, this is, like, the... I do these extreme versions of, of what I can imagine it is or what I've gotten close to. And then and then just being like, wow, like, this is, like, this is what it is. Like, experience it, too. Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a, you know, of... Like, a, like an also kind of a diary of, of dreams, of trying to recreate the sensations that I've experienced so that you can also experience that roller coaster ride. I mean, you know, it, and it could be, uh, you know, some people say, oh, you know, it accelerates my heart rate. Well, people go to Six Flags. I'm much cheaper than Six Flags. You can you can get one of the Bald Eagles comics, or be a Bald Eagles originals, or a Bald Eagles Guess what? You're going to get a fucking little roller coaster ride. That's the idea of it. Bald Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the work, you've started doing this stuff where... Um, and one of the pieces you did for the art show that I did, um, the Abraham Lincoln one, yeah, where you're doing this kind of almost, I don't want to say 3D, because it's not three-dimensional, but you're using those kind of colors beside each other um, to create like these weird blurred images. And I'm really curious about that, about kind of where that's going within your work. Because it's less elaborative filling in every little detail and more kind of creating a more abstract image of what is happening. Well, that is a, that's, it's just an application, a different, different technique of doing it. Like I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it, um, you know, the, my style more concise, get to say, say the same amount of stuff that I was saying before, but with less, less work. I mean, it's a lot of work as it is, even doing a fucking, a sloppy thing, Yeah. you know? So I'm like, I've, you know, I, I don't want to cheat anybody out of uh, the experience, so I want to give them everything, but just learn how to do it in a way that I'm not going to fucking destroy myself doing, you know? Because really, to do, th to do it the way that I would really love to do everything, then it would just, it's just too much. I would have to have a team. And you don't expect uh, one man to do a whole animated feature by himself or a whole, uh, you know, everything, everything by himself, you know? Except if it's like you know, I don't know, like weird people. Like I guess like Bill Plimpton is somebody that I've been like re-getting into lately because he just he just draws and draws, but he's got it down to where he knows how to make it look good without overexerting himself. He does it just enough each each panel, you know. And then it's not it's not over detailed. I mean, it's a lot of scratching, but if you can get the scratches down, you can cover a lot of ground quick. If you but if you're being too precious, being like trying to like. Well, this one crosshatch is like is a little bit off, and then I've got to have to go over every crosshatch with a repeatograph. That's fucking tedious and takes a lot of fucking time. 
Mm-hmm. When you're putting something like this together, do you try to have um, cohesion between pages, or do you kind of see each page as something in itself? Robin? Yeah. I'm insulted. <laughs> it's not an insult, but I mean... Like... No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, and I, I know what you mean, because some sometimes I understand where if, if, I, if I come at it, if, let's say I'm a little drowsy, and I try to look at my pages, or I'm not like paying too much attention, I go... Hmm. Uh, I can't see. I. I don't. What, where does this even? Because I'm going. Because recently I've been going over the, these notes of this comic that I've been writing, and then I'm and I haven't looked at it in about a year, and so I, I'm opening it up and I'm like, oh, like what this? These notes don't make sense. But then after I like I turn off the podcast or I you know I get all the distractions away, and I can actually concentrate, <clears throat> or maybe just put on some classical music or something, or some music that you like that <clears throat> gets you into the zone. Yeah, dude. And then I'm able to, to to read it. So I mean to me there's total cohesion between page to page. Like mm. if I you know, in the right mind. And uh but I also it's you know, it's kind of like it's just a little more I, I'm it's not exactly uh the, the traditional, you know, cohesive fucking, you know, uh transfer to transfer to panel to panel, idea to idea. But it's sort of uh you know, like a little puzzle. You're mentioning um, making notes on a on a comic you're, you're working on. Um, do, is that part of your process of putting together a book like this? Like, are there are you doing notes? Okay, this is the book I want to do. Here's some things I want to put in. Or how much is just on the fly? Uh, well, what what I usually what happens if I I come up with you know a, a comic idea, it kind of comes like a story or something like and then there's a you know there's a beginning and a middle or there's a beginning and an end at least you know or there's a beginning and a middle and sometimes it's just a beginning and I go like ah oh, well that beginning is so good I gotta elaborate upon that or sometimes it's just it's, it's pretty full but then sometimes even ha having it be pretty full can be too full and then you have a trouble even you know trying to you know pick the you know pick the chicken off the bone a little bit trying to you know like seeing how much of it you can get out of it but you might not be able to get out of it, you know, because there's a, you just know there's too much and the time constraints will not allow because you got your job or whatever else got going on and to do like the necessary research or whatever you think you, you need to do. So I'm just trying to now, I'm trying to go through uh, while doing these comics as to just be like more natural about it and, and just do it, you know, versus get uh, too caught up in the, in the fucking details of it. And if I can get the, you know, just like if even just the essence, I think I can, I can do a good job. Do you use your details as a crutch? Uh, I I have before. I know I have, but uh, I usually actually really like the stuff that I do. I just like to try to make it look as good as I can make it look good. But if I can make it look good in a simpler way, ultimately, is my more my concern mm -hmm. now. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do believe in, in the stuff that I'm doing, and that it's uh, it's fun. I think it's I think it's it's fun work, and or you know, it, in some ways, uh, it, it can, you know, it can make people think about a lot of different things. It's not just fun, but it's a. I would say that it's a little bit different. You know, yeah. a little you know, it's a little something else. It's a, it's, it's something else. You know, it's just another thing. I like that. Just another thing. Um.
do you one of the things your work really makes me think of is anxiety and processing anxieties especially this book um, because it's just like one guy working out his crazy horribleness yeah well, I guess I, I don't I have friends that have anxiety attacks. I don't necessarily get those. But I guess maybe, maybe instead of getting those, I just put them in, into the into the work. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I suppose I, I have had a, a couple, or a few, and then you know you, I knew that I didn't like them, so I kind of I think I I, I hope to think that I willed them out of my system because it doesn't really happen anymore. But at one period where I was actually you know just kind of nervous about. What, what what I was doing with my life, et cetera, da 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 da, and then just kind of like you know being paralyzed with like, you know, like you're going into it, you know, into the tremors, mm -hmm. and you're, uh, you can't move, you don't want anyone to touch you, you're just like, you know, you're just holding in tight, you don't know, because yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, and that might, you know, if, and like and you think you're going to die, and then while you think you're going to die, then you you know you try to make peace with everything, at least in your mind, and just like release all your you know, so having a few of those uh, experiences were pretty great, and you know, it helped me help me be able to, you know, in a way like how some people think, like, well, I'm this uh, such and such a minority, or I'm this such and such group, so I can say that, so I can say that, you know, from you know, from any kind of group you want to choose from, but well, you know, I'm I think I'm from a different kind of group or another group, you know, so there's certain things I can say. Mm -hmm. Do you strongly identify with your? Uh your South American heritage? Uh, sure, and also my, and you know, especially my North American heritage, which I've had, you know, ex more experience in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're I'm a, a Peruvian, right? Your family's Peruvian. Well, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> and European, but you know, hey, we're all. I mean, we're everyone is a mix of of a different mix, so it's. I just like you know. I just want to consider myself a person, and I want to consider like everybody, a, you know, that's a, a human being, a person. You know, I don't like I, the, having the, um, all the, I mean, all the different labels. You know. You know, last year, or yeah, I guess it was last year, a little while ago, not too long ago. I had Simon Hanselman on, and I guess you guys had a bit of a beef, and I just want to get kind of get your side of it or do you not want to get into that I'm curious oh. about it I'm going to have an M&M moment right now <laughs> you know, when he started talking shit about my mama that changed everything bro <laughs> have you guys gotten along again I don't know he's been talking a lot of shit getting tough big and tough telephone tough guy but he won't even Skype me so whatever, dude. He's a fucking flake. He's going down. I said it right here. If I, you know, yeah. If I had like a Miller High Life bottle that was pretty thin, I'd smash that over my head. And you're on Skype now, so you would watch me do it. Because <laughs> that's, you know, he's asking for it. Do you wanna? Are you gonna do more bittersweet romance, or this kind of one-off thing? I gotta finish the story. Yeah. 
It's not finished yet. Did it was at a certain point where you guys just needed to get it out because you've been working on it for so long. Well, it got to a point where I really felt comfortable with the with the pages I had available. Yeah. Were you know that were up to my you know the snuff that I thought like were like if I'm if we're gonna print my stuff, it's it you know thinking that it has to be like the best I can possibly put out at that time represents that time that I was making stuff so that's when we you know we, we did it and I'm happy about it feels good when do you think the next one will be out oh, eight years uh-huh. <laughs> eight years that's a joke. Isn't that when you, you know, eight years ago you started talking to Keenan? Well, you know, hey, I, I like this, though, Robin, because, like, you're getting nasty now. I like it. <laughs> you're showing your dark side. With me, you know you can. That's the way you like it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, keep well, your shirt anyway, on. Yeah, so I, I want to I I have what I want ready in four to in no later than six months. And maybe, you know, if Keenan hears this, he goes, what, four to six months? Or maybe, you know, who knows? But I have all these these comic ideas that, like, I should just have to stop writing stuff and then just start making comics from it. You've been doing a lot of uh, other artwork on the side when you weren't burping. Um, like, <laughs> I know you did... Uh, tons of work for my art show and then I've been seeing other stuff online and I'm wondering if you have any plans for stuff like that I've just been doing it where I have opportunities where people are willing to showcase it mm-hmm. yeah which doesn't you know doesn't if they're if it's not like a, a, a sale then I'm not you know making any money but that's but you know it's just it's like my calling card you know it's, it's like well I could I could pay for promotion with po- like by and then like by making uh, postcards and all this doing other stuff. I kind of like this uh, web release of things that I do a lot of doing like a lot of pro bono stuff, and uh, you know or like slowly I you know I can accumulate a little you know a little bit of uh, you know little bitcoins or something from you if uh, you were to sell some of my pieces from that show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, a little bit a little bit here a little bit there and as long as I I'm actually just like really concerned about like getting as much as my you know as much as my stuff out there, and uh, you know it could generate some money. But I mean, the more people actually like it, know that it, it exists, you know that is essential too, you know. So that's like my my internet postcard. It's fun, and I like it. I just like I also like just like sharing these. Uh, if I have an image that I like, if I if I think about it, uh, put it out there. Mm-hmm. And you're also doing rap. Yeah, dude, rapping. We got all sorts of rappings. <laughs> rappings. Rappings, you know, rappings. Uh, or song. I, you know, I, I've been thinking. I don't know what the what it would be the appropriate title because there's some words that rhyme a little bit here and there, kind of sometimes, and uh, you know, I, I think of them like as like kind of as songs. So song poems. But I think song poems is the term for a song that you would write and then you'd send it into a, a company that would turn it into a song for you. So I, it's I, anyway, it's it's something that I work on. I fool around with. 
uh, solo style, but I also have a partnership with a local musician known only as BBJR, and we have a collaborative thing going on called Implied Consent. But there's also, from the first album, uh, there was some work from also uh, a local artist known as Slopington Heights, so he uh, also collaborated on that album. But yeah, so that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing musically. Got to throw my props down, bro. Holla. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today, Mr. Eagles. Bald Eagles. I should uh, remind folks his new book is Bittersweet Romance from the fine uh, trio of dudes from Drippy Bone Books. Um, it's a good book. It's I'm really. Uh, impressed and also I don't know what to say like the quality of the production on it really does your work the service that I haven't really seen very often with your work if that makes sense I get you they did you good yeah I'm, I'm really happy with the I'm really happy with everything about it it's it's good and I you know I wanted to see the relationship uh, continue there we go. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, thanks. Thanks. Bald. Thanks, Robin. I uh, really appreciate that. That was really good. It was, uh, you're uh, surprisingly well-behaved. I was expecting, like, a litany of swears and whatnot. That was, uh, that was really good. I really liked it. Yeah, dude, that'll be next time. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, you punk. <laughs> you fucking dirt. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. 